0: Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend along with his countrymen feeling the effects of US political issues, Connor Murphy.
1: Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 1-3. I'm Connor Murphy in the Pacific Northwest, here with Grace Matthews, all the way in Springfield, Missouri. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Connor? Oh, doing good. Uh, it's It seems like uh, fall is in the air now, it seems. It's cooled off, and it just feels different.
2: You know what? I am so glad you all are cooled off up there. You've had a really hot summer.
1: Yeah, it has been an unusually hot summer with the ocean around the island here. We, things don't usually get that hot, but we've had one scorching summer all summer long, so it's been a tough one.
2: Well, speaking of hot, you know, you're always telling me that my mic is hot and I need to behave so you don't <laughs> have to do so much darn editing.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, let me tell you, our Episode is hot today.
1: Oh, good.
2: And so it's not just my mic that's hot. I'm right. hot.
1: So I there have...
2: is some junk going on.
1: Okay, because I have that... no idea what we're talking about today. So you'll have to clue us in.
2: Well, first, breaking news. Okay. All right, before we get to the hot stuff. Okay, Eric and Larry Trump's son was born Tuesday. The newborn is President Trump's. Ninth grandchild. Um, Eight people were shot to their death in a Texas home. Don't have a lot of details about that yet. Um, This will affect pretty much every adult in the United States. Equifax was hacked. They took the information of 143 million people. Um, now, all those people are in danger of identity theft. The hackers got everything, including social security numbers. That is a travesty. I mean, and that's not a place you choose to have your information. That's a credit reporting agency. So they have your information, whether you want them to or not. You didn't have, you didn't, you know, authorize them. Right. To have it. So that is very, very scary. And they should have had a much better setup um, of security to protect people.
1: Well, if somebody stole my identity, I just really hope they pay my bills.
2: Yeah, that would be great, wouldn't it? Um, But you know what? They don't do
1: that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, neither do I right now. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) I'm just joking.
2: Okay. According to JTA.org, President Trump will sign a congressional resolution that rejects white nationalism, white supremacy, and neo-Nazism as hateful. I think that's important, and it's as important as uh, we talk about a few other things. Um, but if there's some breaking flood information okay. um, post-hurricanes in the United States. Florida floods and power outages continue to ravage. Without air conditioning, the Florida heat grew too intense for residents of a nursing home. 120 people had to be evacuated yesterday, and sadly, five died. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's very sad. They make it through the damn hurricane and then die of heat exhaustion. Wow. It's just, just amazing. Um, this morning, Trump um, visited Florida flood victims with um, him and his wife, Melania, had a meals catered um, to people, and I believe it was, it, well, I believe it was in Fort Worth. I failed to write down exactly where it was, but I believe it was, Fort Worth is Texas. Fort Collins, Maybe. Anyway, um, a lawsuit was filed by uh, a group of churches today. Should FEMA allow relief to places of worship? That's the question. To ponder, to ponder. Good Uh, question. Churches certainly believe that they should. Um, This is an interesting story. Yesterday, um, according to NECN in New England, a gunman at Dartmouth Hitchcock Medical that shot and killed his mother is in police custody. Travis Freak of Rhode Island drove to the hospital and entered the intensive care unit where his 70 year old mom was, or Pamela Ferrer, was being treated and shot her. Within nine minutes of his arrival, he was inside and shot his mother. Uh, witnesses claim to have heard at least five or six shots. Sounds like an angry man, not a mercy killing to me.
1: I don't even know what to say there. Yeah, I mean, that is just, um, it's crazy. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy. What was his name? Um, Freak?
2: Freak. Freak. Freak, F-R-I-N-K.
1: Oh, I thought you said freak. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, he's (laughs) got a good name. He's quite a freak.
2: (laughs) Maybe I had a Freudian slip. Who
1: knows?
2: (laughs) Okay, today we are taking up several subjects, calling it political potpourri, although we've kind of done this before in the past. Um, This will be our first named installment. We will air a politically- A political potpourri on days when narrowing it down to a focal point is just cheating everyone involved. So today we're going to start out with some media stories. Okay. Okay, ESPN, the sports news network. ESPN's Jamil Hill on Monday, September 11th, started tweeting And boy, she almost didn't stop. She wrote, Donald Trump is a white supremacist who has largely surrounded himself with other white supremacists. Trump is the most ignorant, offensive president of my lifetime. His rise is a direct result of white supremacy, period. He has surrounded himself with white supremacists No, they are not alternate right. And you want me to believe he isn't a white supremacist? He is unqualified and unfit to be president. He is not a leader, and if he were not white, he never would have been elected. ESPN statement, the comments on Twitter from Jamil Hill regarding the president, do not represent the position of ESPN. We have addressed this with Jamil, and she recognizes her actions were inappropriate. (laughs) Jamil, this is Jamil's apology. If you call it an apology, my comments on Twitter expressed my personal beliefs. My regret is that my comments and the public way I made them painted ESPN in an unfair light. My respect for the company and my colleagues remains unconditional. ESPN is not going to suspend or fire Jamil. In fact, they are not even going to require her to apologize to to what is surely the only base audience the network network has ever known. Middle-aged fat white men. And I can say that because I love those men. <laughs> they make me look thinner. I'm angry oh. to know, as a result of this defamatory racist declaration, I now know who Jamil Hill is. Sports peppered with politics, a more interesting competition has had ESPN gliding down a slippery slope for years. Imagine a festered sore, making an otherwise Hercules of a specimen sick. ESPN is the abscess bringing down Disney, its parent company. It's so bad, Star Wars can't make up for the drain ESPN has on the company. This is a reverse racism, and they are an unfair employer. Ask Beloved by viewers, Linda Cohn, who was suspended for statements she made on the Bernie and Sid show last spring concerning politics hurting sports. And the network suspended her for her statements. Oh, and what about Kurt Schilling claiming on Twitter he was taught to use the men's room? That statement of fact got him fired. I ask, who exactly is the racist?
1: I don't even know what to say.
2: I mean, who sits around and watches football and watches ESPN? I mean, younger kids are not watching it because they have apps. Right. And they're not really quite as interested in sports as their fathers and their grandfathers. Absolutely. That's a fact. So you just, she just insulted the only people left watching the damn show. Exactly. You know?
1: And they didn't fire her.
2: Beard, no, no, because that's actually been a complaint. You know that they have that they are very far left at ESPN, and they interject it into the sports world. And people turn to ESPN to watch sports, not to watch politics. If they want to watch politics, they'll turn it to CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. They've got a world of places they can turn. You know, oh. it's kind of like when I'm fed up with politics, which is very rare, I turn to HDTV because they're not going to talk about it. Right. I, you know, when I've had enough is enough. And sometimes, believe it or not, enough is enough.
1: Yeah. Well, it makes me wonder who does Twitter worse, Trump or Jamal, was that her name?
2: Yeah, Jamil, Jamil. Jamil Hill. It's really hard to say those two words together. Yeah. But, or those two names together. But um, I saw a commentator this morning from Fox Sports say that he believes that she's ready to leave behind ESPN. That she knew exactly what she was doing. She pulled a Megyn Kelly. She took on Trump. Hoping that it will get her career going someplace
1: else. Right. Or looking for a big severance payoff.
2: I mean, that seems like quite a plan. I mean, I I guess I'm not that clever, but that these women kind of have thought about this, planned, connived, whatever type of word you want to use. In advance, and believe they can so well predict what somebody else is going to do. That's always a little shaky. Nevertheless, it's, um, I'm anxious to see where it does happen
1: in the end.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a new sport. Absolutely.
1: Trump Mm -hmm. bashing. It is. This week on ESPN.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Show the conservatives continue to catch... Hell, conservative commentator Benjamin Aaron Shapiro prepares to speak at Berkeley. Ben is also a columnist, author, radio talk show host, and a lawyer. He is also an orthodox Jew. I point this out because Ben has been accused of being a white supremacist and even a neo-Nazi. Firsthand, hand, I can assure you that there are many conservative Jews. I can almost promise that for a Jew, conservative is not synonymous with white supremacy, white nationalists, or neo-Nazi. Personally, I have never met a Jew that has not been bullied or worse by someone that could be defined by one of these groups. However, these days, truth is irrelevant when it comes to classifying a conservative as a white supremacist. This dangerous, potentially deadly practice is literally tearing down the walls at UC Berkeley. The institution that once defined free speech is a dangerous bed of quicksand for any conservative daring to speak on the campus. Berkeley, a university that accepts federal funds, must make accommodations for conservative speakers. Unfortunately, that includes an army of police, concrete barriers, and pepper spray as they prepare for Ben Shapiro's speech. The past couple of years has seen the campus virtually destroyed by violent, destructive protesters in response to conservative speakers like Ann Coulter and Ben Shapiro and others. One phrase,
1: grow up. Yeah, I, uh, sorry, but I don't understand why, if it's happened in past and, and it's happened badly, why book the guy again? That is a good question. You know, I poke my eye with a stick and it hurts. I'm not going to do it again.
2: True, but because they accept federal funds.
1: Yeah, maybe they need to they redecorate. They to
2: <laughs> allow him or allow the group sponsoring him to have their own speakers. in Now, Ann Coulter was, could not do her speech this spring because the police said, gee, we can't keep you safe. Now, there's a whole bunch of people out there yelling, that they cannot say that anymore. They have got to keep that speaker safe because they accept federal funds. So, interesting, but the very fact that these people call Ben Shapiro a neo-Nazi, just, I'm telling you, that makes me so angry. I mean, there is no Jews that would identify with being a neo-Nazi or even empathize with a neo-Nazi.
1: So so who exactly called him a neo-Nazi?
2: Oh, it's all over the place. I mean, the, the, the protesters, that the people that don't want him to speak there. I mean, there's so many, you couldn't even name them. Yeah, well, first of all, you know what they're missing? They don't know he's a Jew. They haven't done their homework.
1: Well, I can tell just by his last name. I, exactly. You, you only need you know, three well, brain
2: cells I, to figure that out. Well, I don't think they have three brain cells.
1: Well, wow. What is happening to our world? It's just... It's almost like uh, the movie Idiocracy. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. Well, basically this guy gets put frozen and he wakes up in the future and everybody's an idiot. Like complete idiots.
0: Wow. Um, Where
1: our society is dumbed down. I highly recommend... That you you it, it's like an 80s movie, I think,
2: yeah I mean I mean the premise sounds familiar, but I don't think I, I saw thought.
1: it well he's he, he <laughs> basically uh, here's the spoiler he saves the world because he's not an idiot yeah. <laughs> but it was his struggle fighting some big idiots that were running things, so it kind of the, the whole world is being run by like uh, your Monsanto people in the movie so it it's really interesting. But I almost see this happening now. I mean, it's a very sarcastic view of, you know, the idiots out there. But, man, as a society, we seem to be dumbing down. There's, like, where'd common sense go?
2: Absolutely. And, and it's just a repetition. For example, today, there is a repetition of that idiocracy.
1: Yeah.
2: And... <laughs> Almost every story. Every, every piece of news.
1: It's... Now, I found one very interesting. I think it was on the Business Insider. Let me see if I can pull that up. Yes, it's an article by Alex Locke And it went viral. A former U.S. Navy SEAL tweeted his solution to North Korea crisis and it just may work. And that went viral. So this guy, uh, Jocko Willink... He's a former Navy SEAL commander, and he's got, he came up with a solution, they figure, for dealing with North Korea. His solution, put some satellites over North Korea and give them free Wi-Fi and then drop 25 million iPhones. (laughs) That would work! yeah. Yeah, that's like $25 billion, too. Plus, you know what happens to people in North Korea when they get caught watching Western programming or something? I mean, you rip a poster off a wall and you get killed for it, or executed, basically, or beat to death, whatever happened to the poor guy. So, what would happen with 25 million people with iPhones? I mean... He, I guess the theory is he's not going to kill all his population, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not too sure That's on that. That's true.
2: He might go into cardiac arrest.
1: Yeah, I'm not I sure. I mean, because, what, what well,
2: happen. psychologically, and we're going to talk a little more about um, Kim Jong-un, but psychologically, that would destroy his power blue plant. Yeah. And what that might do to him I don't know. I don't know. It, it makes a lot of sense to me when you when you think about him from a
1: psychological. Well, it's it's almost a modernized version of what you know psychological warfare was in in World War II, dropping pamphlets and and oh yeah um, propaganda over the you know your your enemy well
2: we did that we did that in afghanistan and iraq and at the first of the war we dropped a lot of propaganda yeah and we played a lot of rock and roll music
1: I mean, if you really wanted to torture them, we could like play Justin Bieber for them or something.
2: Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I was thinking mm-hmm. of, oh, come on, baby, light my fire.
1: <laughs> the doors. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> over no, and over, the long version, over and over and over again. I dated a guy that loved the long version years ago. And I, I mean, I nearly wanted to slip my wrist sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Can we even listen to something else?
1: <laughs> sure. Oh, so that was a kind of a neat story. Um, but I mean, it, it, I didn't find it real creative. I mean, he just kind of updated it with iPhones instead of pamphlets. So, right, uh, but I, I enjoyed
2: I, I'm glad you told it because I could enjoy thinking about that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know.
1: I almost forgot to tell you about that. I, I came across that uh yesterday and then I forgot to tell you about it, but a neat uh, yeah. story. That is fabulous.
2: Okay, an update on a story we, we've done a couple of times. Laura Ingram's Fox News gig.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, pretty much all the media outlets, except for Fox, are reporting that Laura Ingram will soon take over Sean Hannity's 10 p.m. Eastern time slot on, of course, Fox News. Hannity will move back to 9 p.m where he will go head-to-head in a ratings war with the most watched progressive liberal in the business, Rachel Maddow. Hmm. Fox's move will create a pro-Trump lineup, beginning with Tucker Carlson at eight, followed by Hannity and Ingram. Laura Ingram is the most listened-to female in radio history. She is a tough conservative. Nothing gives with her. She often pounds the Republican D.C. establishment. Although she is pro-Trump, she doesn't give him a lot of slack. It will be interesting. I, for one, am anxious to see if the Fox News Channel, under new management, with the left wing of the Murdoch family overseeing the network, will Laura's unfettered style be difficult, if not impossible, for the family to digest.
1: Hmm. 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 <laughs> makes me, makes one go, hmm. I guess we can only see and wait with bated breath.
2: I don't always agree with her, but I do love her. I like her style. I like her fire. I, I just like, I just like her presentation. I really do. So I'm
1: proud. are so looking forward to this then.
2: I am looking forward to it. I I really am. I I enjoy watching her. And like I said, I I agree with her maybe 60%, 70% of the time. 30% of the time, she is just over the top for me. I'm a little bit more middle conservative than she is. um, But she's a strong woman, and um,
1: I like her. Cool. Well, you'll have to update us on – on all of that, when it occurs, it's odd that other networks are reporting it, not Fox.
2: Yeah, they're just not ready to release it, which oftentimes means they have another wrinkle to iron out. Like she has the LifeStat publication, she will have to take a backseat to it, kind of like Tucker did on the Daily Caller. She also, what's she going to do about her radio shows? Okay, she's probably like Hannity, O'Reilly. Um, Brian Kilmeade there may even be others not gonna want to give it up but I'm sure there's stipulations about what she can say what she can do because Fox her contract contractor Fox will supersede everything else she does doesn't mean she can't do the other things it means there will be a criteria and what she must follow for example at Fox when these people write a book they have to turn in an outline and um, it has to be approved by Fox. Then once the book is done, they have to read the book and approve whether it can be published or not and not violate their working contract. And their publishing company must first be able to uh, have first dibs on the publication contract itself. So I'm um, sure that they're ironing out those kind of wrinkles, and Fox will not announce that it till it's all signed, sealed, and delivered. But my guess is whatever it is, is Patty. Right. Because I think she leaked it out herself. That it
1: could be how many zeros are at the end of her check.
2: It could. Ha- oh, yeah, that, that definitely could be. Definitely. Okay, Seattle Mayor. We can move to a little politics here. Ed Murray resigns as at least five five child abuse victims have come forward with accusations. Oh. Ugly. That's about all I know at this point, but that is ugly. You know?
1: Well, I agree there.
2: Yeah, nothing worse than a pedophile. Yeah. That's for darn sure. So we'll see what comes of that. It sounds like he's gonna be in a lot of legal trouble.
1: Yeah, sounds like it to me.
2: Fives quite a bit. Okay. And last night, Trump dined with Chuck and Nancy. Chuck oh. Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. The other side. Wow. The two leading Democrats, a little White House irony, China talk with a side order of Chinese cuisine. Yes, (laughs) I did say it. They were talking about China and had (laughs) served Chinese food. I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. But thoughts of right-left diplomacy came shortly after dinner. I don't think it's going to work out when Nancy Pelosi claimed a deal over the DACA Dreamers would come and there would be no need to seal the deal with a border wall agreement. She came out with that very quickly. The White House axed that claim, effectively calling it bull. (laughs) Put what you want at the end of that bull. No such agreement was agreed upon by the president. Interesting. (laughs) Wow Oh Nancy She's a trooper Let me tell you But you know what She's met her match with Donald J. Trump
1: Yeah I I just had had this vision of of Donald going Oh these chicken balls are really really great (laughs) (laughs) I wonder what the fortune cookies said inside Oh good one Yeah I, I wonder
2: You could have had some fun with that yeah yeah word has it that they dined at a round table and eleven people were present, so he called in some cabinet members, you know, hoping to um
1: pass off some chicken for, balls and
2: rice ab- absolutely, some sort of deal, you know so um, but I don't know if anybody got what they wanted out of that dinner. I don't know. <laughs> I really didn't.
1: So, uh, it, I yeah. want to. I don't want to know what the fortune cookies said. Now,
2: I really do too. I really do.
1: Um, mm, maybe it said something like, "That wasn't chicken."
2: Oh gosh! Oh gosh! That's <laughs>
1: horrible.
2: That's horrible. Okay.
1: Oh, I wish I was the chef. Sometimes uh, that would have been fun.
2: That's scary.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we definitely agree on that.
2: We don't always agree, but life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor. Godspeed to all of our
1: friends out there. Godspeed, Grace, and Godspeed, listeners.
0: Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right-left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.